Good evening. I'm here with the ever-controversial Madonna for a rare glimpse inside the woman who has virtually redefined pop culture. Say hello, Madonna. Hello, hello, hello. Now, before we start, I just have to say, it took an awfully long time to schedule this interview with you. Were you intimidated to be in the same room with me? Yeah. Yes, I was. Well, that's understandable. After all, you know what they say. You can pick your friends, and you can lead a horse to water, but you can't keep your eyes open while you're sneezing. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. Now, you got to work with Rosie O'Donnell in that movie, and I guess you became pretty good friends with her. What's she really like? She can, she's very destructive, she can be very destructive, but at the same time, she, she has many arms and many legs, and she, she takes, she makes life. She has like an empty, a, a, an, an empty stomach, like a womb sort of carved out, and she takes, um, she takes energy and turns it into life, and she kind of does both. Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music do you like? Do you like, oh, uh, Eric Clapton? No, because I think all of his stuff is parody. Hmm. Are you maybe getting him mixed up with me? It's possible. I thought so. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see Like when the xenomorph took out Harry Dean You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see Like when Bobby D says you're talking to me Seen it all with Jeff and John Hey everybody, welcome to Seen It All with Jeff and John, the podcast where we break down our favorite scenes from our favorite movies. I'm Jeff Glover. And I'm John Zabriskie. And in this episode, we are going to teach poodles how to fly. <laughs> That's right. We are talking about a scene from the 1989 cult classic comedy starring Weird Al Yankovic, UHF. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. Channel 62 has the lowest ratings in the history of television. What they need is a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. A man of action. A man of courage. A man of vision. What's your name? Billy. Billy what? What they get is a man so desperate, he'll put anyone on the air. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George? How would you like your own TV show? Okay. You get the drink from the fire hose! Okay, you ready? Yeah! Open wide! He's Conan, the librarian. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. We beat up the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Ah! Orion Pictures presents Weird Al Yankovic in UHF, the movie. Mm-hmm. And this is a very special episode, John. Do you yes. know why? <laughs> for, for a couple of reasons, yes. <laughs> uh, we have our very first guest today on the show, my good friend, my longtime friend, Elizabeth Brumfield. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. You guys, I'm so honored and excited to be here. I can't even tell you. This is also my inaugural uh, podcast appearance. Wow. So, yeah. So no no promises, but thanks for having me. 
well, a chance. To, to reduce the pressure a little bit, um, I just want you to know that no one's listening right now. So it's <laughs> totally fine. I'm going to change that, Jeff. I'm going to send it out to all the 200 people I influence on IG. I'm going to turn it all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I think also another milestone, Jeff, is I, I don't think we've ever, even in our Predator Minute days, we never had a female guest. Oh, my goodness. Oh You're my right. God. Breaking all sorts of ceilings yeah, here. So <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Wow. Yeah. Thanks Just another here. rung up the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> another move for women here. <laughs> well, we are talking about the movie UHF, which is a movie that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, but, Elizabeth, I brought you on the show because I knew – that if I was going to choose this movie and talk about this movie, there was only one person in the world that I could possibly talk about this movie with, besides John Zabriskie, of course. Of course. And that is you. And so uh, enlighten us a little bit. What's your history with UHF and perhaps Weird Al? Like, is this a movie you grew up watching? What's What's your story with this film? Yeah, so I um, I have a stepbrother who's 10 years older than me and a stepsister who is six years older than me. And uh, they were both super into Weird Al. So I met them when I was like four, right? And, mm-hmm. and started really um, looking up to them. And that was about when my brother was, you know, 16. My sister was a little bit younger and they were getting into Weird Al. And, and the so younger was- siblings always get to watch movies a little bit earlier than they should. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw Labyrinth in the theater. Yeah. And I don't know Ooh. anyone else who did. Right. Yeah. Because I, I mean, you know, 10 and 6 years older, right? Mm-hmm. So Weird Al was the thing in my step-parents' house. And so we I, – I don't remember when the movie came to me. It was definitely the music yes. first. Mm-hmm. And the older music, so his, you know, his self-titled album. Like My Bologna um, and stuff. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I was going to say. I, I feel like I actually got introduced to a lot of current music via Weird Al. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I definitely knew like all the words. you heard the words. word Weird Al version first before yes. hearing the yes. real version? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea what my Sharona was. Right. <laughs> when I finally heard it on the radio and I was like, oh. oh. oh this the is- other one's better. <laughs> I oh, I still sing the Absolutely. lyrics to I Lost on Jeopardy versus, mm. I don't even, I mean, yeah. I don't even know who sings Our Love's in Jeopardy. <laughs> I mean, I, I might have heard it a couple times in my life. But so that, that was really my interest introduction was I was just surrounded with it. And I think even as a kid, even if you, you don't understand what the parody is or what the theme is, like you get that it's funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you hear his voice and you just, you know, it's funny. Actually, I've been playing it for Calvin, my six-year-old son. Uh And he's like, yeah, my lasagna is is his current favorite. You know, it's, it's a subject that is um, recognizable to him. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like lasagna? Right. Yeah. So many song. early Weird Al is food centric. Mm-hmm. A lot of food centric. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it. Yeah. I love Rocky Road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely knew all the words to that before I heard Joan Jett's classic. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that was that was my intro. Yeah, I glommed onto it because of course I wanted to be like my my pseudo siblings, and I. So you saw UHF. Through your older siblings, definitely. I yeah. don't. I don't remember the time. Like I don't yeah. remember sitting down and watching it. It was just like part of our collective consciousness yeah. and all of the. It's so quotable, yeah. Jeff. You know me. I'm not 
a movie quote. You're not a movie quote person. person. Yeah. Like they go they go in and out of my head. But I mean, every Weird Al quote is so snackable. Mm-hmm. So or every UHF quote. So like, you know. Did you guys have a copy of the movie in the house? I don't know that we did. Mm. I mean, I, 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 we must, we must have yeah. because I mean, I, I watched it enough to really absorb it yeah. as a kid. It's sometimes hard to remember if you were just renting it a lot right. or if there was a copy in the house. Yeah, because yeah. in that era, we were at you know the local movie. It wasn't even yeah. Blockbuster yet. No, right? it was like <laughs> some mom and pop shop, right? <laughs> yes. They had one copy of it, and right? like the weird room in the back where all the porn was. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the curtain? That's where John was. That's where John was. John and I just sliding doors kind of situation. John sliding in there with his chalada. Here I was with UHF and like, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We must have. How about you, John? What's your history with this movie? Is this one you grew up watching? Oh, this is definitely one on the rotation with the family. Things like this. Uh, Princess Bride and your classic like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Ghostbusters mm-hmm. um, kind of movies that really played for UHF. <laughs> UHF for some reason. It's UHF, it's UHF is in there. It's weird, right? It's kind of like that joke in Simpsons where they're like, "Yeah, they're going all the major places on tour." It's like New York, L.A., Springfield, right? <laughs> yeah. Like for but some reasons, yeah, UHF just snuck in there somehow. Um, Maybe it helped that we liked that kind of humor, like um, you're talking about Elizabeth with Weird Al and just knowing funny versions of the songs before you know the songs themselves. Um, but for some reason, just this one really glommed onto us. Uh, it probably helps that the whole movie is what, like just about 90 minutes total? Yeah, with it's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. The, the perfect length. It's just, yeah. it's very much like an SNL group of sketches all in a row. So yeah. right, I grew up in an SNL appreciating household. So uh, that also played for us. And it's also, yeah, just really quotable. Like you all were saying things like you get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> My mop. <laughs> supplies. So, I, uh, oh, I laugh too much at the supplies. Even still, oh, I feel brilliant. bad, but I laugh at it. <laughs> supplies. <laughs> thought I heard something. What? I don't know. I just thought... Supplies! Classic. I was the same way. I, I discovered this movie. So this movie came out in 89. Mm-hmm. I, I know I didn't see it in the theater, um, so I must have seen it on home video. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if I was renting it so much that my parents ended up just buying it for me, like for Christmas, mm-hmm. or if I bought it myself, like saved up money. I can't remember. But at a certain point, we had the VHS in our house, and uh, I would watch it constantly like in fact elizabeth i remember having a sleepover with your husband when we were like 11 years old and rewinding over and over and over again the part where weird al hits uh his buddy in the face with the frying pan (laughs) hey bobo want to play a game okay look up look down now look at mr frying pan Bobo. Bobo the clown, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, like slowing it down and like watching it frame by frame and realize that the frying pan was actually rubber because when it hits his face, it wiggles back and forth. But uh, this just became one of my favorite movies and I watched it all the way through up until my teenage years. Um, I had, you know, I I didn't have a ton of like Weird Al records 
But at a certain point, I think it was 94, Weird Al released a box set called Permanent Record. Yeah. Yes, you know that one? I have it. I remember you this is it? how you and I realized that we both <sighs> liked Weird Al because okay. we both had the – and who gets the box set no, unless you're The biggest pretty, dorks yeah. in the world. <laughs> exactly. So I think we both had this like moment of recognition. We're like – Well, and the oh cover God, looks like the Beatles. Too. Isn't the cover look like, like a send-up of the Beatles cover with the different – it's like a Andy Warhol. Well, that's kind what of, it is. Yeah. That's what it is. The Andy yeah. Warhol send up. Yeah. The four different color. Yeah. Things. And it was just like a four disc greatest hits. Still have it. Yeah. See, so I had it. And halfway through high school, I had my CD collection stolen out of my truck. Mm. My case logic was taken. Oh, and yep, I, had, yep. I, had, I had to rebuild my CD collection. And the permanent record box set was never rebuilt. <laughs> I know. That's, yeah. I, that's, but, let's pour some out. I know. Seriously. Yeah. Permanent record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pour out some chilada. Chilada. <laughs> but anyway, between that box set and UHF, um, I loved this movie. And it was a great one to have because it's, it's family friendly for the most part. Mm-hmm. And like my... You know, like I said, my my mom thought it was really funny. She loved the Spatula City segment. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even like my younger sibling could watch it and it was fine. And uh, so it was just something that was on a lot in our house. Um, it's very accessible comedy. It really is. It really is. And like just tapped into, you know, it was really, it's, I don't know if you guys feel about this, but I always felt like UHF was actually a little ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. in its sort of, in its conceit, like it's, it's about, it's put together like a bunch of like YouTube videos kind yes. of like oh, yeah. before the age of internet, like this short attention span theater type of setup. And I always thought that that there was, I had never really seen anything like it before. And I just, I loved the way that Weird Al took his sensibilities and set it onto screen. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like you're saying that kind of YouTube style way before youtube because mm-hmm. it, it and it really does jump jarringly so watching it the other day like <laughs> i just i just like trying to keep everything <laughs> yes. like wait what, what what point overall are we in in the movie because even like with the scene we're talking about today or scenes um it's kind of like if i already step back and give an overall picture like i'm not really sure quite what's at stake or quite what part of the story arc being you know like the LA teacher. I'm doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. It, it does. Overall, it doesn't matter. You have a guy chopping his thumb off and people no, selling yeah. spatulas in Spatula yeah. City. So, yeah, perhaps it's not made for necessarily overthinking. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that overall humor is there. Um, there's different parts that are definitely funnier now than than I thought were funny right when I was a kid. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about that when we go. But, um just kind of overall, you'll mention we're, we're talking about Weird Al's music. I was wondering if you all had a favorite uh, Weird Al song. Ooh. Oh, I Ooh. absolutely do. Go ahead. I, okay. I know what mine is. Um, this is a song that is actually off the UHF album. Oh, what? Yeah, yes. I know because it was his like least critically acclaimed album. <laughs> right. and, and it's uh, uh, objectively not a great song. <laughs> But I forced my family to listen to it on every road trip that is over two hours. Mm -hmm. And it is the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. It is a Weird Al original. Yes. It's not a parody. 
Um, I just, I think it is, I think it's hilarious. I laugh every time I hear it. Nobody else is really laughing with me, but I think I think they get enjoyment out of the fact of how much it cracks me up. Well, something I'm going to talk about probably more later. I I one of the things I love about this movie is the original stuff. Mm. Like, there's a bunch of great pop culture parodies happening, but there's so many funny things in between. Right. It is just out of Weird Al's mind. And right. like you find that on his albums too, like the Big Ball of Twine song is a good example. Um, I, I, you know, Weird Al's made a name for himself doing parody stuff, but he is a genuinely funny person mm-hmm. with a lot of just original funny ideas. I think. Yeah, objectively yeah. funny. Yeah, and, and like, and and a really a vast knowledge. He's super of like, smart. Yeah, because if yeah. you listen to his stuff, like like most of his songs are themed mm-hmm. and i'm thinking like i was just listening to word crimes the other yeah. day which is one of his, his newer ones and um, right. you know blurred lines is like the hook is awesome yeah but it, the subject of the song sucks so shift on over to word crimes where <laughs> yeah. you know the, the lyrics are actually pretty clever yeah. um and uh recognizing that he he has to know or at least look up you know all of this stuff about grammar right right <laughs> like, like i and turn it into a funny song yeah. like what a boring subject your, you know your participles are dangling is a <laughs> fantastic line right. you, sh- you should appreciate that as the language arts <laughs> right i right. do <laughs> so how about you john do you have a favorite weird al song yeah it's tied for me obviously i'm a huge as, as you know jeff huge star wars fan uh weird oh, really? al definitely yeah he definitely is <laughs> You can tell. Oh, really? <laughs> Thanks, homeboy. Uh, but <laughs> Thank you, homeboy. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. But, um, <laughs> the line delivery, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, when The Phantom Menace came out, even before yes, the, the, yes. the first prequel came out, before, I guess they knew Weird Al was such a big fan. They sent him the script. And so he had all the information, all the plot details before the movie comes out. And he writes the song, The Saga Begins, which is a parody on American Pie. American Pie song. I I can sing that word. You talk about word for word. I sing that. I'm like in there. I'm watching Phantom Menace in my head when I'm singing that song. Absolutely love that song, Saga Begins. Um, Do you guys but, sing on this podcast? Is, like, is it uh, out of the realm of possibility to ask John to, to sing? Uh, <laughs> we got to get uh, another uh, Chalada Nuevo. In oh, okay. Well, I'll ask yeah. later. Yeah. Sure. Ask, ask me later for the Saga Begins. I can, yeah, I can go a little bit. But um, I say it's tied between that and then there's the doo-wop ripoff called um, One More Minute. And that's all about... Uh, that's all about his breakup and all the things he'd rather do than spend one more minute with the, the, this person he just broke up with. It's so, so good. The, the, the wordplay, the just kind of the cruel things he's going to put himself through rather than spend one more minute with this person just always cracks me up. And that's another one where it's just clever wordplay, but also like really paints a picture when you're hearing the song. But it's all just... I'd rather spend, right, you know, eternity eating shards of broken glass. <laughs> it is, oh, it's poking himself in the eye. And, yeah. Yes, yes. I, yeah, this is a very good one. He has really good breakup songs, actually. Huh. Melanie is a, is a good breakup song. Hmm. Huh. Kind of, actually, that's like a pining, like, why won't you go out with me? Uh. Sweet Melanie. <laughs> 
Poor weirdo. And then he lists all the reasons why she's not dating him. <laughs> <laughs> like he knows. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's I always liked his um, his hip hop parodies. Um, oh, because I'm bet. just I'm just a fan of hip hop anyway. But I always um, love how he took paradise. These, yes, exactly. Like he would take mm. these songs that were by these rappers that were trying to be so hardcore, and you know, take the beat and flip the lyrics into something so drastically different, like Amish Paradise or like White and Nerdy. Yes. Um, so those typically are my favorites because I love the clash of content versus the music that's behind it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> the um my my second favorite yeah please is is along the same lines um, trapped in the drive through. Oh my god, is that the R. Kelly one? Yes. So it's, it's the parody of Trapped in the Closet, yes. which is, is a saga. It's of like a song. 10 minutes yeah. long. Right? It is. And Weird Al, to his credit, you've got to give this man credit. I mean, he wrote 10 minutes and 50 seconds oh my god. worth of lyrics <laughs> to uh, about being trapped in like a, essentially a Burger King drive through and so like, amazing. And the way that he sends up the whole idea of like, ev- like every second being detailed and broken <laughs> down in that song and the, right. and the drama, yeah. the drama that R. Kelly brings about being caught, you know, with his, you know, by his, whatever his lover's dad or something right. or husband. I don't even know. I hate R. Kelly, but, <laughs> but I love Weird Al and the, the parody is amazing. I laugh I, every time. You played that for me one time and you were like, you need to watch the YouTube video with the lyrics while you listen to the song. So you get the full sense of, the genius going on here with how much he had to write to fill in 10 minutes of this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just sheer, just props to him for like, you know, he's a, he's a master of his craft. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he releases two albums in the eighties and then decides to make this movie We're we'll probably be getting in the scene pretty soon. Right, John. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, bef- before we do, I, I I wanted to mention, we're going to talk about other movies from 1989 a little later. But yeah. I think it's uh, appropriate to discuss uh, that this movie was a bomb. <laughs> it was a, an abject failure uh, mm-hmm. in terms of money. And um, famously, it was sandwiched between a shitload of blockbuster films that came out in the summer of 1989 (laughs) and just got buried. So I did a little research about um, if you went to the movie theater on the weekend that UHS UHF opened up July 21st, July 21st, 1989. And you walked up to the, the reader board and you're looking at what movie to go see. These were movies that were still in theaters at the time. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, <laughs> Dead Poet Society, Star Trek V, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 2, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Batman, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's, Lethal Weapon 2, License to Kill, the James Bond movie, right. and When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> wow. And then, wow. And then UHF. And then UHF. <laughs> and on top of that, within the next two weeks, you could go see Turner and Hooch, Parenthood, The Abyss, and Uncle Buck. Oh, Uncle Buck. Those all came out like within a two-month period in that oh, summer, man. and UHF was sandwiched right in the middle. 
this it was movie, doomed to failure. This movie had no yeah. chance. Yeah. No, this no chance. This movie had no chance. Um, and it was a famous, it was a famous failure at Orion Films, and Orion Films uh, went bankrupt right after this movie. Um, in fact, they thought that Orion Films thought that this film was going to pull them out of the depths of their debt. <laughs> Weird Al talks about on the movie commentary how every time he'd go to their um, offices, they were all really nice to him, right? Because they were convinced that UHF was going to like turn their company around, uh, and then the everything failed. And at the time of the release, there was not even any marketing or publicity made for the movie. And so it just died. So that's part of the reason why I think this has become a cult film because no one saw it in the summer of 1989 and through the power of home video rentals, people discovered it and later become, you know, became what it is, which is a beloved kind of cult classic comedy, you know, but I find that interesting, you know, it just got buried in one of the greatest summers of movies of all time really it's classic Clearly. weird Al, though. it's classic weird Al. <laughs> right right i mean right just like why um there's a very why? george newman moment like <laughs> yeah. you're definitely the underdog yeah, yeah. definitely the, a story of the underdog not coming through for sure like the more <laughs> realistic telling like yeah um why is this why he's like never made really a movie again i think so yeah, yeah. i i think you know at, at, after the movie was made, it was a financial failure. So in the decade after, it's really hard to convince anybody to make a new movie mm-hmm. at, after that. And by the time the movie kind of became what it was, this beloved cult classic, you know, it's over a decade later. Weird Al's older. Um, the culture has shifted a little bit. And so I'm just, I'm guessing that it just never came to fruition just because times had changed a bit by the time it was popular enough to even have that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Cause, cause everything else on his IMDb pretty much for weird Al, unless it's a voiceover work for like my little pony. Uh, it's just his name. It's just himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that this was his standalone film. Mm-hmm. Like I love that this is sort of his little stamp on pulp culture in 1989 and it just sort of exists as it is. It's just right. frozen in amber. Yeah. And, and is not uh, touched or tainted by anything else. Right. That came right. After. Yeah. He just, yeah. he just put this little thing out and um, it just sort of exists as it is. And for that reason, I think it's like perfect. And I don't know if I want another, I don't want a UHF sequel. No. Uh, I mean, I'd probably go see another Weird Al movie, but he's now like, what, 60 years old or whatever. It might be kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> did you yeah. guys ever see the the stuff he did for MTV where it was mm. like, I don't know if it was produced for MTV or if it was like an award show thing. It's sort of vague in my mind, but he he set up these. There's got to be a word for, for this type of comedy. Yeah. But he takes clips of famous people oh. saying things. Okay. right? And he, like Madonna. Yeah, Madonna. I remember Eminem very specifically, mm, yeah. and he crafts questions to fit the answers. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can imagine yeah, how yeah. how hilarious it is, right? So he just takes little clips of them answering whatever, and then he crafts a question that makes their <laughs> answer sound just. <laughs> Would he just make these little segments that? Or was this on like the I'm, MTV Awards? It, w- it might have been part of an award oh. show, or I just mm. I feel like I remember seeing it on MTV or some sort of skit yeah. show, sketch show, or something like that. And I was 
I was like, God, that's clever. That's I would really love to see idea. more of that yeah, too. Yes. I don't know if I need another yeah. feature length film, but right. I definitely want more I was, Weird Al. I was right. just, that's funny, Elizabeth. I was just watching one of those last night he does with Madonna. At one point he asked like, what kind of advice do you have for young people? And Madonna <laughs> right. just like, she's like trying to improvise life advice. And she's just all over the place. At one point she's like kind of looking up at the ceiling as she's coming up with this stuff and in reaction it's hilarious you see weird owl's face and he's like right. looking up like squinting like what, what's up there like do you have any advice for our viewing audience life advice yeah whatever you have to be much more um independent in your thinking and you have to make sure that what you do is what you want to do because if happiness lies in your own hand and you make that realization and you realize that you can't rely on other people for it and other things. Um, what are you looking at? There's nothing up there. To me, that means that. Okay, okay, shut up. Um, let me ask you about your literary career. She's trying to figure out what she's looking at. <laughs> it is so, so funny. It's like, you, know, you forget, like, other than just the lyricism, but like you're saying, this creativity and this physicality and the facial features. Um, I, I, I think, a, 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 excuse me, I think a, a concert going to see him would be awesome. He is coming to Seattle. I checked his tour dates next June mm. 28th, 29th to the Moore Theater. I was mm. going to mention this to you guys. It is very serendipitous Dude. that tickets go on sale this Friday. <gasps> yes. And do you, do you guys know who's opening for him? No. Emo. Emo Phillips. Stop it right now. Show yes. early with the shop what? teacher. Yeah. Butterfingers. It was <laughs> himself. Dude, we should go. We gotta all go, we right? We gotta go. Oh my God, that would be so much fun. All right, put on the calendar. Put Next, on the calendar. School's out by then. Okay. We're just drinking every night. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Wednesdays. Chiladas all around. <laughs> Get a, um, get a lift. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I um, was going to say something and I forgot. <laughs> Weird Al's comedy. Yeah, I had a thought in my head and then I lost it. I lost it. Um, R.I.P. thought. I know. All right. So we're going to get into uh, the scene that we're going to talk about here in a moment um we're oh by the way have we even mentioned the scene that we're talking about i don't think we have <laughs> no we have not and yeah. i mean you all kind of chose it this time around elizabeth do you want to explain what scene we're talking about hmm. sure so um the scene we're going to talk about is when uh i i think weird al weird al well it's george george in the movie george, george. newman yeah. is getting uh it's hard to separate him from his character <laughs> it really is um He's just been introduced to U62, and he's kind of getting a sense of of what all programming is currently on the lineup. And I, I it's actually still not clear to me if like <laughs> if Joe Early, the shop teacher, was somebody who was currently featured on U62, right. or if he was just like the guy down the street that he was auditioning. Yeah. Um, but it's Emo Phillips, mm-hmm. who uh, admittedly, I know 
next to nothing about. I'm the same, John. I think you know more about emo Phillips than both of us combined. So we'll we'll let you take the reins on emo. But sure, uh, we, we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it, but this is the famous shop teacher scene. The famous shop teacher scene where he is explaining uh, how to use a table saw, which uh-huh. he can't name. Right. He, he, does, he does not remember the name yeah. of the. And also tool. doesn't give the rules for it using the. T- <laughs> no, he's basically just. He's he's sort of explaining something as he's sliding a two by four across the table saw and uh, cuts off his thumb. Yes, in the process, uh, which that ostensibly lands somewhere on the floor, and then their physical comedy ensues, mm-hmm. where his thumb is just spurting all sorts of red <laughs> corn syrup all over yes. his face and so weird Al. Yeah. I keep calling him Weird Al. He's George. It's all right. Oliver George's face and uh, and Oliver Joe's face, and uh, it produced the famous line that we still uh, quote today. Just call me Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> Just call me Mr. Butterfingers. And you know, and, and his his particular brand of comedy, which I understand more now that I've read about it, is um, is is more, more of his kind of voice. Yeah, his voice mm-hmm. acting and this sort of like dope, dopey, yeah, yeah, yeah. A- affect that he has. And but I'll. I'll let you talk about that, John. But it's uh, it's a really short scene, actually. Yeah. And and so after the the which uh, the table saw scene, it cuts directly to a parody commercial for Spatula City, which we will get into in the second half. Spatula City, Spatula, Spatula City. City, Spatula City. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, um, should we officially get into the scene breakdown? Are we ready? I think we're ready. Okay. I'll give a quick synopsis here and then we can talk about it. So uh, this part of the film is going to start at minute 25 and 35 seconds and run until minute 27 and two seconds. George Newman welcomes the viewer to town talk and introduces his guest, Joe Early, a local high school shop teacher. George asks for a woodcutting demonstration. And Joe and George walk to a table saw with Joe explaining that one should know the principles of the table saw before (laughs) operating one. He does not explain those principles and instead fires up the saw and begins pushing a piece of wood through the spinning saw blade. Joe looks up at George during the cut and begins to say something, but George cuts him off with a shocked, What? (laughs) That was really good. Thank you. That was good. Joe stops the saw and stands up, revealing to us and himself that he has cut his thumb off and his hand is spurting blood all over the place. Joe, Joe seems to be in shock as he tells George, just call me Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> just call me Mr. Butterfingers. He then explains that his thumb is probably on the floor and George starts looking for the thumb <laughs> on the ground. End scene. <laughs> Scene. Um, I love this part of the movie, not just because this whole sequence is hilarious, but because for me, I feel like it's a turning point in the film where we start to really realize what kind of movie that we're going to be watching for the next remaining 60 minutes. Um, And this with a juxtaposition of the spatula city commercial, which we'll talk about immediately afterwards, just as an audience member, you're like, oh, 
this is what we're doing. This is what we're watching. <laughs> it's going to be a whole bunch of really silly, absurd stuff. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was 100% there for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're, you're saying like finding its footing and telling you what kind of movie it is. Yeah. Um, looking through, I'm just clipping through the movie right now. This is the first thing really shown in the movie that's happening on tv right this is it this is their debut well (laughs) on the movie (laughs) this is their debut of town talk and um it's funny because a little bit later uh they also show the evolution of town talk into like a jerry springer style show with a klu klux klan member (laughs) yeah and And he has the broken nose like geraldo rivera had (laughs) and like the chair comes flying at him as he's trying to do the promo oh i just love that i'd i'd love this is what it's i think it's i talked about this earlier but it's apropos that we chose this scene or elizabeth you chose this scene because again neither one of the scenes we're going to talk about is a specific parody of something. Right. Right. This is, it's a, it's a parody of talk shows in general. It's just a, you know, spatula city is just a parody of commercials in general, but uh, this is just like something silly and absurd out of weird Al's mind. And these are the, these are the bits that I think work the best in the movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I just love when they cut to it. And he's sitting there in that shitty set with the two chairs and it says town talk. <laughs> it's like the most generic, like terrible name for a talk show. <laughs> town talk. And on top of that, he's got the local shop teacher. Um, and uh, can we talk about how emo is <laughs> the exact opposite of what a shop teacher would look like. 100%. He's wearing this, like, these hippie overalls and like has this ch- weird chin length, like, bob. <laughs> it's so absurd. Like, it's what makes that so funny. Like, you, you know, you expect a Ron Swanson type of character if you're going to be introducing the shop teacher. And then on comes the most ridiculous kind of strangest gangly looking person you've ever seen. Which weirdly adds like a little bit of realism to it. Mm. Like it, it's mm-hmm. probably true. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not so absurd in the way that you're thinking that it's going to be absurd. Um, yeah. I like, I enjoyed that. Yeah. It's, it definitely starts off as if it's one of these uh, very, very low budget, low rent, public access TV shows. I don't know if you all ever watched any of that, like just by accident growing up when you'd flip the, you know, the actual knob yeah. into like the high UHF channels. This yeah. is the kind of stuff that would show up sometimes. Just someone... channel 29 in my house. Yeah. yeah. I don't Viacom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what it was in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time, but it was like maybe it was somewhere in the sixties who knows. But yeah, I definitely remember like you flip there and it would just be, just the most boring, mundane, really not interesting stuff, which is right what this is clearly going for in the beginning before it takes a, a, a crooked turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little about Emo, John. So I don't know a lot about his stand-up, but he is a stand-up comedian, right? And yeah, him and stand- Weird Al are friends. Yeah, he and Weird Al go way, way back. Um, I do believe they were friends before this movie, so he's just really kind of showing up as a favor. And I believe this is his film debut. I have one of the little bits of trivia trivia um, that he 
what in during behind the music of Weird Al in '99, Emo shows the Screen Actors Guild residual check he earned from this film of thirty cents. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. That's to say awesome. this is what being in film did for his career, just in his own goofy little way. But um, I think I saw I even saw a video just before you even recommended UHF. I was like just recently on an Emo Phillips kick of just watching no kidding. his. Videos just because like his bits really stick in my mind. I put a bit here in um, actually copied and pasted the whole f- album called E equals M O squared from. <laughs> nice, nice. I believe I, it's nineteen nice. I believe it's nineteen eighty five that that came out. Wow, and I've, I've had that file in my collection since like the college days. Just one I would throw on, you know, on the. CD player until it became an MP3 player. Now it's on the phone. <laughs> Just pop that on. Um, but yeah, I've always been a big fan of stand-up comedians, and like in college, that really intensified with people like Mitch Hedberg and yeah. Jim Gaffigan, yeah. and, right. and emo. And emo is just just this delight of a character. Um, just this real childlike mind and a way of starting to deliver things, like in this way a kid does where they're trying to over explain and tell you every single little detail, but he always has that right. little, little nugget right at the end that really catches you. And that's where the punchline is, is like this realization you're having, but he's still explaining everything matter of factly. And, and the one I actually referred to the one big joke that still sticks with me is him describing a dream. And the way he starts the joke is like, do you believe, do you believe in dreams? And then he goes on about like, he says like, do you believe in dreams? I'm going through the sewer and I come across my mom and she offers me some coleslaw <laughs> and I pass out. And this is where I have the dream. Do you believe in dreams? I'm on a subway and it goes into a long dark tunnel and it stops Panic stricken, I leave the subway, start running down this corridor, which turns out to be a sewer. And I'm over my head in filthy, stinking liquid, and I'm swimming, and I get to the end of the tunnel, and there's my mother. She says, Have some coleslaw, Emo. <laughs> and I passed out from exhaustion. And here's where I had the dream. <laughs> nice. I, I can't do the emo voice except you know this right. is where I am in the dream. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorites, and my brothers are both big fans of his. Um, they both really like this moment in the movie too. They just call me Mister Butterfingers. Yeah, well, uh, that's moment. I mean, this whole scene is predicated on his performance. I mean, yes. he's George is the straight man here, mm-hmm. and emo is just stealing everything. I mean, right at the beginning of the scene when he says, thank you, homeboy. Thank you, homeboy. Like, I immediately... (laughs) I immediately start laughing and I can't stop giggling. Thank you, homeboy. Through the rest of the scene. (laughs) His line delivery on everything is so absurd and out there. And it's simultaneously, like, is perfect in hindsight. And unlike anything else that you're hearing yeah it's so (laughs) strange and thank you homeboy 
like that that line delivery and then you know and the the bloody thumb is also unexpected and so over the top little trick <laughs> so over the top so over the top little oh. trivia for you it's the this scene the bloody thumb scene and uh the throwing the poodles out of the window scene that gave this movie its PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have just been a PG. But Weird Al did not want to let it go. <laughs> no. He said, no, we have to have both those scenes in here. And so they they got the PG-13. Turns out it didn't really matter because it was a... Because <laughs> no one watched <laughs> no it. No one went to yeah, see it. Fine. Yeah. Open number yeah. 11 that week. Number 11. And <laughs> you bet. Such a shame. What's your, yeah. What are your feelings on on emo in this scene? So, I, uh, I mean, like I said, I didn't even know mm. really who who he was yeah. it didn't it didn't even enter my consciousness that he was a a stand-up comedian i didn't know right this is a this, this is a movie i watched when i was 10 totally so it's it, it's all about the line delivery yeah. it's all about it was something i'd never seen before and i don't think since I don't no. think there's anybody doing what emo no. does. And no. uh, and actually, when I heard that he was going to open for Weird Al for his new North American tour, I'm like, wow, I'm really excited to like see more of him now because he's just not an actor I explored from. I'm curious to see what he looks like now, like right. 40 years later or whatever. Well, like, you I, see what yeah. Michael Richards looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and, like right. Nothing like uh, right. Stanley Spadowski and right. or Kramer. Right. right. Um, yeah. So what's he, yeah. What is his presentation? Because I mean, he, he's skinny. Like he's gangly. Gangly. Yeah. He look. <laughs> he looks like he just. Yeah. Sits well, at home and smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> right. <I don't> know. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, he definitely steals the show here. But, you know, uh, Weird Al was criticized for this movie in a lot of ways because it was such a a bomb. And one of the things that a lot of people said was that he was a bad actor. Hmm. And I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, he's not a great actor. He's not a trained actor. Um, But that's not really his job in the movie to be an actor. He's the straight man in a lot of these scenes. He's the foil. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. but there are a couple times in this movie when I think he gives like top notch line deliveries and his whoa when the thumb is getting cut oh, off. It is a good whoa. I've watched that whoa so much. Whoa! It's so good. It's the so right pitch. Good. It's the right yeah. pitch. It's the right length. Yeah. It's the right timing. Yeah. It's exactly how it's the right volume. <laughs> it's exactly how you and I would react if we were watching a guy methodically saw his thumb off without really reacting to it. And that's hard to do, right? right. Because don't don't you guys talk about in the alien movie how they like they're surprised, right? Yeah, when yes, some of these things happen, yes. they're genuinely surprised. So they're capturing genuine reactions. <laughs> I have to believe that Weird Al is not genuinely surprised that this guy's <laughs> right. thumb is going to come right, off, right? It probably took him like half the day to set up the gag. Yeah. Right? yeah. So he's, you know, he's pulling that Whoa! out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even do it. You do a great. It's a so great funny. Job. And, and emo not changing his affect at all. And, just acting like he just got a paper cut just <laughs> is the perfect comedic ending to that scene. Would you look at that? <laughs> <laughs> like his lighter. Just call me Mr. Butterfinger. Is my face red? red. Yeah. Is my face red? 
And right at the end of that, we cut. We're we're like shocked and laughing and giggling about what we just saw with blood flying everywhere. And all of a sudden, we we switch to a commercial about spatulas. And the timing is just phenomenal. It's Mm -hmm. just phenomenal. So I don't know if we're ready to get to part two yet, but um, uh, did you have anything else to add about uh, this first part, John? Uh, I mean, Elizabeth brings up Alien. This is on the level of Alien blood showing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And by, by the end of the scene, the table saw is covered in blood. He has this stuff in his eyes, which is like, oh, eye stuff for me. Like Dwight says, it's like eyes are the groin of the head. Like, I, I can't stand having stuff in my eyes. And he has, like, the, the fake blood in his eyes. You know, oh, it looks terrible. And he's just able to just smoothly deliver the Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> and and how, many, how many times did he have to have that yes. spurting into his right, face, Right, right. How many times did he have to run this gag? So much physical comedy yes. in yes. this movie that I still uh, going back at the beginning of the scene it, it always makes me laugh when Emo turns to him and gives him that look after George corrects him and says it's a table saw <laughs> and he does that little motion there's no there's no lines but he no does lines. that little motion where he's like I'm no one can see what I'm doing right now but yeah. he, he does like the big like the little sister like looking at the big sister thing where well, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. It's just so funny. It's so funny. I almost forgot about that part. Yeah, it's silent. It's, it's silent. silent. He just and he just looks at him and goes, "No." <laughs> it's hard to pick a scene for this movie. It is. Because every scene is like 20 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were saying about this movie is ahead yeah. of its time. Yeah. It was really made for our 2020 attention spans. Right. right? It like goes from one scene to how long is it? You, you said, but it's like it's, it's like 20 90 minutes long. <laughs> and all the scenes are like 30 seconds. Yeah. 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 This, this yeah. scene is only, yeah, just the table saw scene is only a minute and a half. That's it. And then we move to the one minute, 18 second commercial. Before we get to the commercial, I have yeah. to commend the um, the cameraman eating the sandwich. Oh, I love that detail. The guy, <laughs> and he's, he's in mouth fat. just drops. Yeah, great yeah. face acting. Great yeah. face acting. <laughs> well, he gets his own show later. That's right. right? That's Remember, right. He's, he, he's the guy who trips people? Or <clears throat> That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's the guy in the prank show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's also randomly playing the drums. Uh, I think right after Scratch of the City, he's just randomly playing the drums for Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse, oh, I believe. That's right. Yeah. You know, if we had gone one step further and made this a full like trilogy of scenes, right after Spatula City is the first Uncle Nutsy scene, <laughs> which is also one of my favorite <laughs> scenes when the little kid spits on his nose. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That is so bad. It's so it's so funny. And <clears throat> I watched this movie with the Weird Al commentary on and and he said that that kid really did spit on his nose. Yeah. And if you watch that scene, the little kid is trying really hard not to laugh. <laughs> but can, but he like smirks and they have to cut away before he starts laughing. But anyway, all, again, all original Weird Al content right. is, is some of the best content. Elizabeth, did you have anything else to add about part one before we get to part two? I don't, what a segue. I, I know, know right? <laughs> Just checking in, make sure that uh, we didn't leave anything off on the table. I mean, how 
deep can you get? It's uh, it, it's it's a comedic masterpiece and uh, unique among <laughs> among scenes and in all comedies. But so no, no. Let's move on to Spatula City. All right, John. Are we moving on to Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula City. Let's do it. Oh my God. I have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Uh, part two. This is going to go from minute 27 and two seconds to minute 28 and 20 seconds. Right after the table saw scene, we immediately cut to a commercial as a mom and her two kids are in the kitchen making cookies. She calls to her husband about the location of the spatula. Her husband walks in, slaps himself in the forehead. And then the whole family. Did we all just do that at the did same time? We all did it. That's fantastic. And What's the whole family literally runs to the car as a voiceover explains that the place to go for your spatula needs is Spatula City. Spatula City. Thank you. Spatula City. Cut to the inside of a giant store of just spatulas. Well, the voiceover explains that they cut out the middleman to sell directly to the customer. <laughs> Cut to the car interior as the family approaches the store. We see a real giant billboard for Spatula City, followed by a shot of an ass load of people running through the parking lot and into the store. B-T-G-O-F-O-P, which stands for buy 10, get one for one penny, is advertised to us. Cut to the family at the Christmas tree as the kids open their presents to reveal the gift of spatulas. Cut to a romantic dinner where a man gives a woman a spatula. Cut to the owner of Spatula City reading off a cue card that he loves spatulas so much that he bought the company. Then cut back to the ass load of people running to the store as open till midnight flashes on the screen. The voiceover explains that the store can be found in the yellow pages under spatulas. Cut back to the family now having dinner with guests. The mom now using a spatula to spatula lasagna onto a plate. And one dinner guest asks where the mom got the spatula. The mom and dad both knowingly wink at the camera as the Spatula City theme song plays. Spatula City, we We sell sell spatulas. spatulas. And that's all. Ding. Spatula City, we sell spatulas. And that's all. Nice. Fantastic. Nice. Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula City. One of the best jokes in this whole movie. Yes. One of the one of the best parodies in this whole movie, even though it's not actually parodying anything specific. It's just a parody of commercials, specifically like local commercials. Yes. Like, you know, like these discount furniture stores, mm-hmm. uh, used car lots, right? And so I love the idea of taking it to the most ridiculous mundane thing possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love, that's funny. I was just thinking about that earlier today about those local furniture stores or, you know, mm-hmm. specifically like mattress stores that, that are always oh, going out of business. The mattress ranch. Yeah. I think yeah. we, we have locally. Yeah. It's, a ranch. <laughs> it's, it's where the mattresses get to roam naturally. <laughs> That's right. They they, they graze uh, grass. They're grass-fed mattresses. Do you guys ever see commercials? This is a little bit of a departure here. But Uh, do you ever see commercials and you're like, wait a minute. Am I watching Saturday Night Live? (laughs) Like like the commercial's so bad and like such a sort of setup of itself that you're like, wait. Is this a Saturday Night Live commercial? Prescription drug commercials are like that for me. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. are your legs restless? 
experience side effects such as <laughs> right <laughs> shitting. Yeah, yeah shitting your pants three minutes of those side <laughs> yeah, effects right. temporary blindness yeah and the name of the thing is so ridiculous you couldn't even like, like you couldn't even have a third grader there's always a z them. and there's always an x it's like yes. X. yes <laughs> people just take prefixes and suffixes and like mush them together yeah like, this is the name of this drug now that's how i feel about that commercial is that it's like yeah like it's something that could be it's so horrible that it could be real yeah (laughs) um there are so many parts of this commercial this fake commercial that are so funny um can we just start with the the dad running to the car with the family? <laughs> the, the head slap. We all did it. I mean, the head yes. slap, yeah, the head slap. And my an underrated part of that is when the whole family gets into the car and he like looks at the camera and does the thing where he kind of like mm, like <laughs> shakes his head and like smiles. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. It's so, it's so perfect. And the kids are literally bouncing up and down yes. in the back seat, yeah. like they get to go to Spatula City. Uncontained excitement about <laughs> their destination. Well, there's like so much set work that goes into the just the store itself, with like putting together all the aisles, all the different signs that you're going to see for half a second. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe some are hand drawn, but some are definitely like professionally printed someone had to go to their FedEx Kinko's at the time or whatever and say like, can you print a, you know, like a three by 12 of spatula city in this crazy font. You're, you're right. They took time to like create spatula city. They they put up a billboard and this is, this tribute pops up all over the place, but they left, they had that actual billboard and people would pull over on that exit and try to ask other businesses where spatula city was <laughs> and then the other businesses had to complain and have it taken down. Yeah. They just left it up there for like months. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, are I, you, I, are yeah. you guys cooks? Because a good spatula is yeah. like, is kind of priceless. Do you guys have a favorite spatula in your kitchen? Oh, absolutely. absolutely yes. yeah, yeah. I do too. And 100%. like the metal one. Yes. <laughs> That's the other genius about this is that, Spat- I mean, like a good spatula is really actually You're right. Gold. Like, like it's a mundane thing, but we all probably have our favorite spatula. <laughs> yes, we do. I think there's a meme about like when you enter your 40s, yes. and, like yes. you, you, have, you find you have your favorite spatula or whatever it is, your favorite pot holder. Well, and when you reach for it, you just always start thinking now, spatula city. That, I mean, who hasn't, right? Every time. Of our generation, of our generation thinking spatula city. Spatula Every time we're like, oh yeah, where's the spatula? Ask, you know, ask my wife, hey, do you know where the spatula is? Like, <laughs> spatula city. Spatula city. Spatula city. You guys, I probably shouldn't say this on, say on air to, to all the people listening, <laughs> but uh, spatula city is in fact one of my passwords. City. My regular <laughs> <laughs> internet password. I'm totally going to hack your Facebook account. <laughs> right, right. I mean, Special City exclamation point. I mean, there's definitely a unique character in there as right. well. But uh, the dollar sign for spatula. Um, I hear you. That's amazing. Don't tell. <laughs> They get a lot of good, uh, like local movie, or excuse me, local commercial tropes in here, like the mm-hmm. the ridiculous, like buy ten or buy ten get one for one penny or whatever. I, I think I think I wrote that wrong. I think it is nine, and you get the 
tenth one free. Yeah, you know, yeah, what's there's the a goof. Diff? What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the cutting out of the middleman so they can buy their <laughs> spatulas wholesale. <laughs> Factory direct to you. Factory direct to you. <laughs> yes. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Um, I have to say, though, my favorite, my absolute favorite part, the part that has always stuck out to me since I was a little kid, the first time I ever saw this, is, you know, there's a voiceover happening the whole time on the commercial. And they say it makes a great gift. And the little kids open up their Christmas presents and ha ha, that's funny. <laughs> but then they cut to the romantic couple. <laughs> the romantic part. The romantic no couple. Way to say, I love I you. Love and you. yes, I love you. And when when the the voiceover guy says there's no better way to say I love you, they cut to the guy that's in the romantic couple <laughs> yes. and he mouths the words oh, i love you and they sync they sync up perfectly <laughs> yes and i don't know why that makes me laugh so hard every time but it's so funny to me and like someone took some care in when editing this movie to make that happen and like mm-hmm. i love that because like it is that is some comedy that comes out of the editing room that someone like Someone sitting on that that spinny chair, like figured out and put together when they were putting this together. And, oh my god! It just <laughs> that part just makes me laugh, die every time. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Mm-hmm. Makes me die every time. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you like yeah, a spatula. Gift of a spatula. With the gift of a spatula. I have, my favorite part of of the scene is the um, the hair club for men. Uh, yes, mm. uh, whatever you know they do the to owner. parody that. Yeah, Cy Greenblum. Cy Greenblum. <laughs> I, I, I loved it so much. I bought the company essentially. I like their spatula so much. About the company. Yeah. Don't you love the giant spatula that's hanging on the wall behind him? <laughs> giant. <laughs> Just an homage to yeah. It's a spatulas. huge metal spatula on the wall. <laughs> and and Cy Greenblum. I mean, like the right. name is yeah. is Cy Greenblum. Perfect for this. Like he's clearly Cy Greenblum. Like I want the Cy Greenblum like backstory. Like I want the movie yeah, about him. The spinoff. Yeah, because he <laughs> ev- everyone else in the commercial is super excited about spatulas. He is not. Cy Greenblum. He has he has recognized the uh, financial. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's calculated yes. the the business opportunity here, and it. He's realized yeah. that if he purchases Spatula City, he can make some money. He has no real investment in the Spatula world per se. Cy Greenblum. And no so, passion. No passion at all. But yeah. but he needs to be in the commercial, so they hold up the cucumbers. Cy Greenblum. Right. <laughs> The huge cue cards. He's reading from like one side of the camera to the next side. <laughs> You're right. He's like he's like turning his head to read. Cy Greenblum. <laughs> Not a lot of words. I, I love spatulas so much I bought the company. That's it. <laughs> it's like 15 words. And yeah, he's having to read basically a wall of text while the walls behind you know behind him is taken up by a huge spatula. Cy Greenblum. 
<laughs> but it's such a good like commentary on like you were talking about those small yeah. town commercials where it's yes. like the local car dealership and it's like the guy who owns the car dealership wearing and he has a cowboy no, hat yes, you know. he has no acting like yeah. at all he's looking off in the corner at the you can you clearly see that he's reading off yeah. of something and has no idea what he's doing side green bloom there's always balloons always balloons <laughs> banners yes. yeah, yeah, yeah always yeah. some pretty blonde lady who walks up with something or other and there's like red white and blue flare around i don't know if you noticed that but you know that kind of uh like fourth of july seasonal mm-hmm. circular or kind of semi-circle stuff where it's like red white and blue almost crepe paper just like all over the store it's it'll show up as soon as it shows an interior of the store people running around it's it's just a funny little goofy choice like oh this could be like middle america this could be right yeah small town yeah is is this the only commercial parody in the movie no no i mean there's commercials for other shows well there's plots are us oh plots <laughs> did you remember plots are us i forgot about pl- with the legs and the arms sticking <laughs> yeah. out of the crowd like a cut, cut rate funeral right. are you tired of sloppy cut rate funerals and the salad bar. Someone's oh, yeah. sadly yes. eating a salad yes. all in black. Free salad bar. <laughs> and don't forget to visit our new salad bar. <laughs> that one didn't make it to the um, to the soundtrack, though. Oh. So it's kind of, you know, it gets a little bit lost. Is and... there another one besides Plots R.S.? And the commercial? I'm clipping through. I don't know. Oh, my God. That is so funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> I want to say there is one more, but I don't. I it's not coming to mind because most of the most of the cutaways that we get are either clips from shows that they're airing, or commercials for shows that are going to be on, or a dream sequence, or a dream sequence, right? But I feel like Spatula City and <laughs> Plots R Us <laughs> might yes. be the only actual commercial commercial like parodies that are in there i'd have to go back and like i just watched this last night i should remember but i don't this movie is jam-packed it with is. there is a ton of shit in this movie stuff yeah yeah um speaking of other stuff in this movie i know we're talking about spatula city but um john you made a list here of all the other shows that they have on the uh on the on the lineup wall you know, when they're trying to decide their Friday night lineup and they have all the shows up there. One of my favorite things to do when I was a kid was to pause the movie right there and read uh. and read that board. If if you guys would indulge me for a moment, can I read off some of the names oh, of the please. shows on that board? Oh, sure. <laughs> Am I stealing your thunder, John? Did you want to read these? Oh, no, not at all. It's just, just one of those little factoids I found. Because a lot of these that. I recognized, but there are a couple on here that took me by surprise that I didn't yeah. remember seeing. Um, all right. So, <laughs> bestiality today. Beat, beat the loan shark. The Beverly Hillbillies. Of course. Buddha Knows Best. <laughs> Dog Racing from Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Druids on Parade. I remember that one. <laughs> Eye on Toxic Waste. <laughs> fun with Dirt. I remember Fun with fun, Dirt. Yeah. Leave it to Bigfoot. <laughs> Mr. Ed is just thrown in there. Right. My Three Mutants. Name That Stain. <laughs> News. They had just the news. Uh, Ryle's Wild Kingdom, of course. Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse, of course. Um, That's disgusting. (laughs) 
The Flying Pope. <laughs> a drama. A drama, yes. Drama. The, the Lice is Right. <laughs> the Young and the Dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> Town Talk, Traffic Court, Secrets of the Universe, Underwater Bingo for Teens, <laughs> Volcano Worshippers Hour, and Wheel of Fish. <laughs> My favorite is how they combine the ones that they actually yes. like showcase. Right. They actually put them on that board. <laughs> I know. Couple more that I skipped over. Um, yeah. The Wild World of Tractor Pulls, <laughs> The Wonderful World of Phlegm. Um, you bet your pink slip. Um, <laughs> I think that's all of them. But man, how fantastic is that? I always remember looking at that board and seeing name that stain <laughs> and, and druids on parade for some reason always stuck out at me. It's <laughs> like, what is that show? What could that show be about? Another spinoff that, that we really should see. <laughs> Again, another time that um, that this movie is ahead of its time mm. because reality television, I would say, parodies oh some God, of you're so right. this yeah. shit real close. Yeah. <laughs> like, Druids on Parade is is something that I could expect to see from TLC. <laughs> like you're absolutely right on the pike. You're so right, and like, say, oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say, you bet your pink slip. Haven't there been shows where people are? basically like racing for pink slips or maybe I'm thinking of fast and furious mm. movies. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. There, there is one recently, uh, like a, a, a real, what real life show or whatever, where it's like house or wedding or something. I don't, yeah. it has a clever name, but uh-huh. it's like, they're basically going to give people to either money, either to throw this wedding that they never had oh. or buy a house. Can't you mm-hmm. totally see that on that yes. reader board? Oh yeah. Yes. Like, house or wedding. Yeah, or like 90 day fiance. <laughs> right. That has a home on U62's uh, channel lineup. I mean, <laughs> even like the fucking, like the bachelor, like, like, mm-hmm who you gonna marry like so let's have a game show to see who you're gonna marry like that's insanity you guys mm-hmm. i watched the back <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good don't, okay don't that's tell. okay don't tell <laughs> no I shame i watch uh uhf so. my, <laughs> my taste <are> <laughs> Yeah. I watch UHF Channel 62. I watch U62. I watch the Flying Pope. I watch U62 all the time. Um, all right. I don't know how much there is to say about Spatula City other than it's a fucking work of genius. But, um, John, did you have any other any comments or uh, things oh, to I was, say about I was Spatula totally City? On, I'm totally looking at the fall schedule lineup. <laughs> way far afield, but I think this is a good – if you want to see what TV used to look like, a day of TV – this was it. It was like six to sometimes midnight, sometimes earlier, six yeah. to eleven, and then you're looking at the color bar and the right, right tone. <laughs> or yeah, you have the like the little American well done, flag. By the way, yeah. thanks. <laughs> I think you hit the exact right tone. Yeah, <laughs> the, the register, the the A or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you'd have the, the the American flag. I don't know if you remember that one. Like your. The, the TV programming is over. You'd have the American flag. Right. Yeah. And I think like an instrumental of the Spar- Star Spangled Banner. And then it would just, yeah, cut to the <laughs> yeah. uh, for six, six and a half hours. And that's Patriotism like, over. Right. <laughs> Worship the flag. Good night. We go to bed. <laughs> and we did. And we liked it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Town talk uh, is the last thing they see. <laughs>
There are there are so many funny things in this movie that we have not talked about. Is there Elizabeth? Is there anything from this movie that just we haven't talked about that you love? Like, is there a segment that you love that you want to highlight? Like, I have I have a couple that I have to talk about. So, well, you you start with yours. Yes, okay. I have like a whole list. Yeah, but like, yeah, you start. Well, I I Raul's Wild Kingdom. (laughs) I mean, has always. When I was when I was ten years old, that was the pinnacle of comedy for me. Was Ryle's Wild Kingdom the flying? Was it the flying poodles? When he poodles. when he throws the turtle on the ceiling and it sticks. <laughs> Nature suction cup. <laughs> when he shakes up the ant farm and says, "They really hate it." Look, they're really mad now. <laughs> Uh, and then culminating with the uh, we're going to teach pools how to fly, which is such a dark fucking joke. Oh, totally. And the pile of poodles. Oh, there's a, yeah. there's the a literal the pile of dead pools. Like it is it is by far. I mean, the 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 band, the table saw cutting off the thumb is funny in a sort of like over the top gory way, like unexpected. Absurd. But the dead, the pile of dead poodles is such a dark fucking joke yes. um, that. Even I, I want to give 10 year old me credit, like 10 year old me thought that shit was hilarious. And, uh, and I just always found that to be the funniest, like cap to that, like segment, the Raul's wild kingdom segment, you know, that guy that played Raul, uh, unfortunately died soon after the shooting of this movie and the movie is actually dedicated Mm -hmm. to him. Um, but, uh, and they actually had him slated to be in, a lot more scenes. Mm-hmm. Right. He died during the filming. Was right? it during the filming? Yeah, because yeah. he was supposed to be filmed doing in, in the telethon. He had a part right. in the right. telethon. Yeah. So that's kind of a sad uh, kind of uh, uh, wrap up to that. But uh, but I, I love, always loved that that absurd um, show, Rell's Wild Kingdom. Um, anyway, what uh, what stands out to you? What are some segments that you love? Well, I was going to say, too, about Raul's Wild Wild Kingdom, which I love. Um, My favorite part, actually, about that is they go through the whole thing, right? And he's introducing all these different Uh animals. And it's it's a joy, right? It's just very joyful. And they get to the (laughs) end. He's so happy. Yeah. and 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 then it's, you know, cut to George and Bob looking at each other. And George is like, George is like, did you hire this guy or something? And like, Bob, Bob was like, no, I thought you hired him. So he, you know, he comes out of nowhere. Right. Like, they look at each other and it just cuts back to the show. Where did you find this guy? Me. I thought you hired him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has one of the most iconic lines later the uh, in the, sh- the badger. The yes. badgers. Yeah. We don't need no stinking badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. Three badgers. 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 We don't need no stinking badgers. Which mm-hmm. was just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so many. There's so many. I movie. could keep. I could keep playing this game for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, John? Do you have something from the movie that we haven't talked about that jumps out at you? The the two segments we talked about today already in depth are 
the two big standouts for me, the yeah. Butterfingers and the Spatula City. Spatula City! Um, but I'd say watching it this time around, I really appreciate for some reason how Weird Al drops his music video, the Beverly Hillbillies, just right in the middle yeah. of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it, like seeing him on full display, like acting. Here's his songwriting, his, you know, his crafting of ideas. And here's like a great uh, riff on a really popular song. It's like uh, an intermission, isn't it? Like I, yeah. I love it. Dropped into the middle of the movie. Yeah, I'm never compelled to like fast forward through it. I always watch it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a that is part of the dream sequence, right? He kind yeah. of he falls asleep, yeah. but he's and, sort of dreaming. And he, while he's into watching this. Beverly Hillbillies, yeah, and then he has the dream, yeah, which yeah. is on their programming, of course, along with Mr. Ed and the Flying Pope, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Flying Pope, the, the drama, right. <laughs> Um, I have said a couple times that I love all the in-between stuff with Weird Al. And so there's a couple things that always stick out to me um, beyond these scenes. Right after George gets dumped, he has to go on air as Uncle Nutsy. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives one of the greatest like three sentence monologues in the history where he entered, he walks out as uncle nutsy. This is like the spawn of Stanley Spadowski, right? Playhouse. Cause he walks mm-hmm. out there. He's just been dumped and he gives this whole description of the Roadrunner and the Ken Wiley right. coyote and says, here's a story about a <laughs> and describes the coyote and, and Roadrunner as just this like awful, like, you know, terrible story. And at the very end, he looks at the camera and he goes, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> It's one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. It's when people say that Weird Al can't act, I say, no, go watch that scene. I want to go home. Shut up, you little weasel. Okay. Right now I'd like to show you one of my favorite cartoons. It's a sad, depressing story about a pathetic coyote who spends every waking moment of his life in the futile pursuit of a sadistic roadrunner who mocks him and laughs at him as he's repeatedly crushed and maimed. Hope you enjoy it! Like, he is genuinely hilarious. His comic timing in that scene is perfect. Um, <laughs> that That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and it's not a parody, and it's not a, a, a funny commercial. It's just, it's just Weird Al being Weird Al, and I, I've always loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good scene. I think it's funny that people say Weird Al can't act. Yeah. Because all that's required of him in this movie is his comedic timing. Yeah. And he he nails it yeah. every time. And I, I read something else about the the criticisms of this movie. There was one yeah. critic in particular who panned the movie at the time saying that the the plot was thin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no I, shit. I think you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah. um, that's like it's like looking at a, a stick drawing of a, a woman with giant boobies and being <laughs> like, um, you know, I, I I don't think that they're doing a great job with the interplay of light and shadow here. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, buddy. Yeah, that's this, this not what this movie's about. I yeah, mean, he, he does yeah. he does everything he needs to do in this movie and nothing more. No, I mean, they set out to make a certain type of film and I think they absolutely fucking knocked it out of the park. Like, Mm -hmm. like they made exactly what they set out to do. And it's not about the story. It's not a drama. It's not a romance. There's no depth. No, there's no depth. (laughs) It's a, it's a showcase for weird Al and his like goofy ass ideas. And like kind of a light commentary on American pop culture from 1989. I, and that's what it is. And it does it extremely well. You know, um, I, I wouldn't have had that read on it when I was not 10 years old. I thought it was really funny to get, see the guy get hit in the face with a frying pan. But <laughs> And in that way, the movie is very layered, yeah, right? Yeah, you can enjoy yeah. it as a nine-year-old yeah. and then come yes. back to it and, yeah. and, and enjoy it in a different way. As ways. a 41-year-old, I appreciate the nuances <laughs> of UHF. <laughs> Do you guys, this is a good question to bring up at this point. Do you think it's held up? In terms of our current, like cultural lens, hmm. Hmm. I, I think so. I think it's just really having fun with itself, and it's being sincere in doing that. Um, it's not trying to be take you know having a hard satirical look at modern society. It's really goofing around with itself. Yeah, it takes. It, it, it takes into consideration how goofy commercials can be and kid shows can be and right. Low rent public access, which nobody really knows about anymore. <laughs> uh, how low, you know, just the low quality of that can be, but I think overall and just it's sincerity, I, I think it's refreshing and it's really nice to see something like that. And those kind of movies that are not necessarily postmodern all the time, just making fun of society as a whole or making fun of itself all the time it are really refreshing to see. It's, it's, you can just enjoy the story and not have to think about what is this saying on a grander scale about society or politics or <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. I think it, it holds up because it, there's a lot of pop culture references that you, if you watched it now as a young person, you might, it's possible you might not catch, you might not, understand the Raiders of the Lost Ark parody. You might not understand the Conan the Librarian <laughs> parody. Conan the Librarian. You probably Do you understand <laughs> do we does a lot of You probably won't uh, maybe you've never heard the Dire Straits song Money for Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like those That's things, a tragedy. Though. I know. I, I agree completely. But those things might be lost on you, but um it's uh, there's an over arcing parody of American culture there that I think is still relevant today. I mean, it in terms of how we get our culture, like no one's watching, uh, you know, local cable, local cable channel U62 or whatever anymore. Mm-hmm. But, but we, you know, we still watch advertisements, you know, we still see local advertisements. We still see, right. um, local television shows. We, you know, uh, all these things still exist. And uh, I think a lot of the parody of that in general still holds up. I mean, it does for me. You um, see what he's doing. You yeah, see the device and, right. and the device still holds up. And I love how it's not, um, 
I don't know. It's not vindictive in any way. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not right. angry. It's not saying this thing is, is, um, is dumb or, or it's not saying that, you know, it, it, it's just poking fun. I don't know. It's uh, maybe I'm not explaining myself well, but it feels like an innocent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an innocent uh, ribbing. It's, uh, it's having a little fun um, without anyone's feelings getting hurt. Like it's just a, it's just a joyful, silly movie. And I, I have always, it, it's a movie that leaves me in a good mood. I was thinking about the difference between so Getty Watanabe, who is Cooney, mm, right? In, in the movie, which is a which is a scene that we haven't talked about. Wheel of Fish. How have we not talked about Wheel of Fish? <laughs> right? How have we not? Snapper. <clears throat> oh, very tasty. <laughs> that my mom still says that to this day. She goes, "Oh, very tasty." <laughs> Mmm, it's very tasty. <laughs> I love when the guy comes down the stairs. He's like, "Let's see what he has inside the box." <laughs> he, says it, he says it like really fast. And some, someone's son. I don't remember. Yeah, let's see. Inside the box, you can hold on to your red snapper, or you can go for what's in the box that Hirosan is bringing down the aisle right now. Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Those were apparently real dead fish that they nailed to that wheel for that segment Mm -hmm. in a hot California studio. It was was (laughs) Tulsa. Oh, that's right. It was Tulsa. Oklahoma. Dude. So it was filmed in Tulsa. I think it was supposed to be taking place in in California. You're right. It was filmed in Tulsa. But but a hot Oklahoma summer (laughs) with dead fish from the market. Fresh dead fish. Yeah. (laughs) Which I applaud the authenticity. I know. Sure. I mean, how else do you have a wheel of fish without some... Those fish have Real to flop a certain way. There's, there's it's funny when you watch it, when you watch it now and you pay attention, like the fish are flopping. Mm-hmm. Like you, <laughs> you can see the heads flopping and the wheel doesn't quite spin right because the weight keeps on distributing to the rungs. Well, like the, the, the red snapper. Yeah, the red snappers are bigger than yeah. like the, the right, you know, right. the flounder over here. Yeah. So it's Oh my god. So good. But but Giddy what I think his name is Getty. Is yes, Getty, yeah, pronounced yeah. Getty, mm-hmm. Watanabe. Uh, he was also famously Long Duck Dong. Yes, yeah. it, from, 16 Candles. Yeah, from yeah. 16 Candles. Yeah. And he said something about being involved in UHF that was that was interesting um, in terms of he would, you know, he felt like as being an Asian mm-hmm. uh character cast as you know and another well, and the character of long duck dong has not aged very well <laughs> no right? well that's or 16 candles that's right? what i'm yeah. saying I, I think that there's a real contrast between yeah. they're in 16 candles they're poking they're really poking fun at the stereotype yeah. of the asian um exchange student yeah and even like making fun of his name totally which is really uh integral to you know someone's culture yeah identity and identity yeah. right yeah. and it's a and and you know 20 30 years later it doesn't feel it, it feels very cringy yeah totally. whereas you can watch his performance as cooney in this movie and yeah and it, and it, i do think it still holds up not you know not trying to um, 
of course, you know, being a white lady. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to be careful to... not to quote that scene too much because, like, a straight white male, like, doing an Asian accent. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, right. fish. Um, exactly. But it's only, it comes from a place of love. It's just a, a hilarious scene. It's just a hilarious scene, and he is hilarious in it. And I just, you know, I love the performance and I love the absurdity of that scene. Well, you could have substituted Stanley Spadowski doing sure. Wheel of Fish, right? And it still would have been funny. It's yeah. not about his Asianness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a funny concept. It's a funny right? concept. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it definitely, there's a difference there. I love how that ties into to the very beginning of the movie when we learned he lives next door to Cooney. <laughs> And like when they're having that conversation, a fist just comes through the wall. <laughs> when he's, he says, what, what time is it? And looks at the watch. <laughs> There's a bunch of funny shit in the very beginning of that movie. When they are at the very beginning, they're working in that shitty burger joint. You know? Yes. Yeah. Big and Edna's. Yeah. Big Edna's. And they're talking about their future and trying to figure out uh, what, what they're going to do. <laughs> And he grabs the mustard bottle and he goes, sometimes you just got to wake up and say, hey. <laughs> and as he says, hey, he squeezes the mustard and it flies all over the people waiting in line who just stand there like <laughs> silently and just take the mustard. <laughs> Again, one of these like just like throwaway Weird Al scenes that's like not a parody of anything that I always think is so funny. Sure. I, th- I think there's a little bit of uh, Zucker Brothers here, the yeah. guys who did Naked Gun and Airplane. Mm-hmm. There's there's definitely some of those kind of just absurd moments outside of the specials, outside of the commercials. Uh, there's the part where R.J. Flesher <laughs> tells his underling, and take that ridiculous thing off. And the guy's like, oh, and he rips off his mustache and not like the coonskin hat he has. Such a good gag. That is such a good gag. Like, oh my gosh, that's like such a naked gun thing to do. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Along with the watch thing as the hand comes flying through the wall. You're like, right. what time is right. it? Oh, it's right. Whatever. A clock. Well, um, We've been talking about this movie for a while, and I could probably keep on going for a long time. Um, but we have a couple things we need to do, right? We need to uh, do some recommends. Mm-hmm. We need to reveal the next movie. Uh, we need to decide if this movie is better than Predator or not. Um, and <laughs> Elizabeth's like, duh. Um, but before we do that... Uh, Elizabeth has a special surprise for us, John. Ooh. Yeah. I really wish you were here. Yeah. I wish you were in studio here with Elizabeth and I, we are, we are in studio together and she has brought a special treat for us that I think we're going to enjoy on air. Okay. um, While we record. All five senses thing. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Elizabeth's grabbing it right now. Um, Elizabeth, what, is, what have you brought for us over there? <laughs> this, this Jeff, uh, if you can hear it opening yeah. my Tupperware, yeah, it are, are the fixings for a Twinkie Wiener sandwich. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, got some Hostess Twinkies Here's here. The they Twinkies. haven't changed in I don't know how many decades. Here's the Twinkies. The, the hot dogs, of course, are organic and oh. non-GMO and whatever Oh, nitrate-free. Nitrate, yeah. yes. Free yeah, of all that's nitrate. Good. good. I they don't want to be healthy. Yeah. 
Exactly. I, I wouldn't want to eat that while I sip on my whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> or eat 30 years worth of preservatives in this <laughs> Twinkie that we're going to. Uh, oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to send you one in the mail, John. So we're gonna, oh, please. It'll still it'll keep up. It'll keep up. We're going to put together some Twinkie Wiener sandwiches here, John, and enjoy them on air. Um, (laughs) While while we're assembling our Twinkie Wiener sandwich, do you you want to perhaps decide if this is better than Predator? Do you want to give me a recommend? (laughs) What do you feel like doing while we put together these sandwiches? Uh, Yeah, let's let's throw it through the the Predator meat grinder. The meat grinder. Predator, come, Predator comes out in 1987, two years before this, like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. very much on the same uh, budget level and action. Probably not. Okay, none of that's true. <laughs> but um, I, I, like you were saying, Jeff, I, I think if you just want like that easy, like you just nice, happy story, it's sincere, you, like you leave the movie with a smile on your face. Yeah. Uh, watch Predator. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you watch Predator, and then you watch the UHF. Uh, no, I'd say UHF is that happy-go-lucky, sincere, like over-the-top '80s kind of plot where we're trying to save the station. We just have to raise seventy-five thousand dollars. Which they say a lot during the movie. Um, <laughs> they do, and also yeah. seventy five thousand dollars. Like that does not hold up. It's not a lot of money. Oh my god, this cheese is gross. Oh, can you describe? Are you making it like they make it in the movie? Yeah. So wow. I have a Twinkie, and right. I've, I've slid it down the center. Um, I've placed a nitrate-free organic hot dog in the middle. And then Elizabeth couldn't find any spray cheese. They were all out at the store. What? Three grocery stores. Three, Three grocery stores. So wow, she she bought this like um, pasteurized processed cheese spread. Okay, good. That comes in a jar. It's basically the same substance, but it's yeah. just in a jar. And so it's like the stuff that you get in those little like cracker snack packs, you know, with the little red stick. It's just, oh, yeah. it's not lazy enough is yeah, my problem. You right. actually have to employ a utensil yeah, to we, get it yeah. onto your wiener. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. So you stick All right. So we, we have uh, Twinkie Wiener sandwiches created we're gonna we're taking a picture right now we're gonna try them okay Here we go world <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm watching the scene right now so it's like i'm there mm-hmm. <laughs> wow is this good no no <laughs> is it is it better than predator <laughs> i mean I, I'm, I have to say i'm not a predator fan the way that you guys are but i'm gonna have to say no oh boy <laughs> i mean Although I'm going to take a second bite. <laughs> oh, no. It's interesting because it's like Twinkie good, mm-hmm. hot dog good. Cheese like, good. Like fake cheese spread good. Right. But mix them all together. <laughs> is it is it not as better than the sum? Of the, um, what do they say? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's that parts? phrase? The, the parts are better right. than the sum or... We don't know. It's I late. don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I've had too much whiskey. Um, Did you wash it down with milk? And Weird Al is washing down with milk in the movie. Mm, I'm wash it <laughs> I, don't down. Know, I don't know if that would make it better. That's right. Oh, God. I'm, I'm washing it down with uh, whiskey and ginger ale. 
Um, Elizabeth, oh thank you for bringing those, and um, I'm never going to eat that again. <laughs> Although I might have a Twinkie. You got extra Twinkies. I, I do might, have extra Twinkies. I might dive into those Twinkies later. John, like I said, I'll send you a, send you some in the mail. They'll be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> send me a Twinkie wiener sandwich, please, <laughs> for the show. So I'm sorry, John. Where'd you where'd you land? Is Predator better or is uh, UHF better? What did we decide? I mean, if you need that. Twinkie Wiener sandwich of a movie. I think this is it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think if you're trying to chew on something a little more flavorful and I don't know, deep with a lot of more masculine hints or whatever, <laughs> alien blood, uh, I, th- I think you have to go Predator. So if two of them are, if the two of them are on a table and I have to choose, I'm probably picking Predator. All right. Yeah. I love UHF. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Um, but I love Predator so much. I'm I'm gonna give this one to Predator this time. Oh Pre- wow! Pre- I know Predator wins. I love UHF, and uh, there are certain times when if you gave me those two movies, I would choose UHF. But uh, overall, I think um, if I was to make a list, Predator would be ahead of UHF. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are incredibly predictable. (laughs) (laughs) To completely disagree. Perfect. Good. 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 Yeah. I mean, there there has to be some like tension in this podcast, right? We need. Yeah. We need some some arguments. Down with Predator. (laughs) There Um, you go. UHF is in uh, like certainly in my top three movies. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, is it is it really in like your top 3? No, it really of all is. Time? Yeah. I have a oh. very unsophisticated <laughs> movie <laughs> uh rating system and and actually like my other two mm-hmm. uh, top 2 movies. I know one of them. What? Well, that's true. Okay. It's, but if we're going top 5, okay. you know you know my first favorite movie. Is it Heathers? It is. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I knew that. Heathers. Yeah. But there's there's two others that are Mike Myers movies, and oh, yes. <laughs> I think that so probably I, says a lot about So I Married me. an Axe Murderer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. I love So I Married an Axe Murderer. What I love yeah. about Elizabeth that the world needs to understand is that Elizabeth is one of the smartest, most intelligent people that I know. Gosh, thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> it's true. But I love that you love silliness. Mm-hmm. You, you love silly movies. You love So I Married Next Murder. You love the UHFs. Like, give you the wackiness, and that's what you love. And uh, I think that's great. Yes. Like, when someone comes to me and they're describing a person, (laughs) and they're like, oh, he has kind of a dry sense of humor. I'm like, red flag, red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this guy. Like, if you're not silly, if you can't get down with silly. If his favorite movie is UHF, he's good to go. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a litmus test right there. But yeah, I'm always always a little concerned about the people who have dry senses of humor. Because I'm like, oh, actually, you're just, you're a blowhard. I want to squirt mustard on their face. Yes. For sure. What's Elizabeth? I have to know. So, what's the other third movie? If it's Heather's and UHF in that top three, well, Wayne's World. Mm. Wayne's World, yeah. I was Which I, 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 you know, we haven't talked about this, and I don't think really anybody has. But Wayne's World has to have some roots 
in UHF. Oh, yeah. You're right. right. It really does. Public like, access. Public access. Yeah. Or uh, public access show. It's sort of a microcosm. Yes. It's like, like if you if you grabbed one show from UHF and made it its own show. Yeah. Blew yeah. it out. Aurora, Colorado. Right. Like you're just, you're not trying to battle the big boys. You're playing hockey oh. in the streets. What a, good sh- what a good show that would be. I'm thinking that while we're watching the movie, what a good show to watch the ins and outs of a really, really teeny tiny uh, network, not even network, just channel and all the goofy programs and all the little yeah. side dramas, but it's also like not taking itself seriously. It's really silly. Like this would make an excellent modern show. I would think like you're just always going to yeah. be cheering them on. And, and, and as long as you have the goofy characters like this movie has, like you're, you're just not going to look away. You're going to want to tune in and see what those goofy characters are up to. I agree. That's a good idea. Make totally. that show, John. <laughs> Okay, let's make that show. <laughs> let's do that. All right, yeah. so we have established uh, that uh, two out of three of us say Fredder's better, so we win. All right, so <laughs> next. <laughs> Fair enough. The next uh, next uh, category is uh, recommends. So, recommends. Um, Elizabeth, you are the guest. We have the recommends segment on our show. What are you recommending for our listeners this week? Or this month or this year, whenever John decides to put out this podcast. Oh, I love this. Okay. <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> It'll happen. Sometime in the late aughts or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. The late aughts. <laughs> that's when we are. This is this is the current time, right? I um you guys, this recommendation is super apropos. And Jeff, I've recommended this to you before, and you haven't watched it oh, yet. Because no, I know I would hear about it. Okay. Um, this is a movie from 1993. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's okay. And as Stefan would say, yeah. it has it all. <laughs> it has everything. It's, it's, got, it's got Randy Quaid as a demented Dude. circus sideshow operator to to watch this for years i have and now you have to do it because i'm literally telling you to do it on this podcast shaming me yeah yeah this is (laughs) this is a recommendation slash public shaming and so randy quaid is a demented uh, circus sideshow operator it's got mr t in a dress brooke shields I don't remember what she does. She's like a she's, she's like a it. talk show host. Yeah. Uh, it's got uh, Alex Winter, Bill. Yeah. From, oh, yes. from, from well, Bill He directed it, right? He direct yeah, yeah, he like conceived of and yeah. directed this entire movie. It's yeah. also got Ted. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> although you can't recognize him as uh, the dog boy. This movie is the 1993 movie Freaked. Okay. <laughs> it has have you seen this, John? I, I don't think I have. It's, it's on my Plex. I've I've gotten the movie uh, on your recommendation. I have never pressed play on it. It's a it's it is one hour and twenty minutes. I mean, wow, that's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like it is going to take no time for you to okay. watch it. Okay. It has the same absurdist humor, okay. over the top humor that UHF does. So if people are listening to this podcast and are like, I'm really into UHF, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> Freak. 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 Go, go From back. 1993. 1993. I have no idea why I found this movie. I think, so I used to go to Scarecrow video a lot. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. Place, you guys remember, remember Scarecrow? Oh, yeah. yeah. Still oh, yeah. open. 
So my mom at regular intervals would drive me down to Scarecrow That's for, awesome. for special. I know my mom's. Yeah, her mom's cool. She was cool. I had cool parents. My mom, my mom um, took me to Blockbuster. <sighs> yeah, my mom worked in the U District, so like okay. she oh, she knew she knew the cool stuff. She knew the yeah. cool stuff. Scarecrow's the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just found it randomly at Scarecrow yeah. and rented it, and I just thought it was the bee's knees. And yeah. it is it's it's sort of like UHF in its absurdist humor. It is more uh, it's a little edgier. Yeah. There's it's it's a little nastier. Yeah. Mm. It's got more swearing in it. Mm. It's uh, so it's a little. I love this already. I know. Get <laughs> just get on it, would ya? <laughs> so uh, yeah, Mr. T in the dress. I mean, what what more can you say? All but right. the Okay. Yeah. I like right. how you've used our recommends section to uh, shame me <laughs> not seeing this movie. You should you've appreciate been, that. You've been telling me to see for years. I okay. Have. All right. I, no I, excuses anymore. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Put it on the list. All right. Again. John, you too. <laughs> okay. Freaked. <laughs> um,. Am I so next for you? The, features the music of the butthole surfers. Yes. Oh, I didn't oh. even mention that. Yeah. It's all right. Sad. All right. Okay. It's pretty up the time. I mean, I love the butthole surfers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best band name there ever was. Let's is. be honest. Yeah. It's a good name. It's a good band name. Metallica butthole surfers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Weird Al. Am I recommending next or are you, John? What are we doing? Um, gosh, it doesn't really matter. You go. Okay, I'll go. (laughs) It's going to be a quick one because this is like the most conventional uh, dumb recommend ever Um, because I'm catching up with the rest of the world. I just finally watched Dune. Oh, Dune. I recommended that last time. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it again because it was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's my recommend. My recommend is to go back, listen to our previous episode where John recommends it, and then... Listen to back, back and then listen back, to back. me recommend it and then go watch it because it's <laughs> really I was blown away by how good it was. It's really good. Is if it you, better than the original? I yes. never so everyone says yes. yes. So here's my here's my coming into Dune. I've never read the book. I've never seen the original movie from nineteen eighty four, whatever it is. I do not know the story of Dune. I knew nothing about Dune other than there is a book called Dune. <laughs> That's all I knew. Um, I don't know the story or anything. And uh, I watched it uh, over the last two nights. And my God, uh, I got sucked into the story. The The movie, the, the, the new version of the movie is like so visually stunning and beautiful. And I don't know. I just totally got into it. And uh, I can't wait for the second chapter. I know they're making a part two. Uh, it's going to come out in a couple of years. So. Um, anyway, that's my recommend. To go see Dune like the whole rest of the world already has. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you have a particular famous, uh, particular favorite performance or scene without spoiling? Um, you know, uh, I really liked uh, Oscar Isaac in it. Um, I thought he was really good. I Yeah. I knew he was in it, but, uh, you know, um, after watching it, I was like, wow, he really gives a, a bang up performance. And, you know, Timothy Chalamet, I know people, he seems to be like a polarizing figure, polarizing actor. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or another about him. I thought yeah. he was really good in it. I thought he was really good. So all the performances were great. Uh, the, the cinematography and special effects are just... If that oh, doesn't yeah. win some Oscars in those categories, I'm going to be upset because like, it's it's fantastic. So, maybe some Oscar Isaacs. Is- maybe some Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a, a 
very tasty. Yeah, yeah. He's a female point mean, of view. Yeah, I mean, I'm a straight male and I'm pretty thirsty right now. Yeah, yeah. quite quite the babe. Maybe it's a Isaac <laughs> Oscar. Is that... Is that he wins the Isaac Oscar for, this movie for Bess Isaac? Isaac. <laughs> uh, All right, so that's my recommend. I'm recommending something that John already recommended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good, good stuff. Yep. Dune, Dune. All right, what you got? What you got, John? Um, let's see. Sorry, I'm, I'm right. Let me finish my timestamps here for the next scene. Would you figure it out? Yeah, I already have my recommend. I was. More afraid of not having a good. If you don't recommend something soon, I'm going to start to eat this fake cheese out of this jar. That okay, okay, good. okay. Yeah, it's tasty. <laughs> really... I can't believe you're all eating this fake cheese for, and I'm missing out. I feel dude. It's the it's it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same cheese. So you get with the little red that, paddle. That you get with the little red paddle in the in the cracker snack packs. The yes, of course. The Pretty craft. sure some some of that's probably left over from the 80s. I yeah, mean... it's just yeah, it's just like um, a salt. It's just like a salt paste, mm. basically. Orange salt paste. Orange salty paste. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. What um, you got? Well, you figure it out over there? I, I, no, <laughs> I, I had a couple in my mind. I was writing my timestamp also for the next scene. All right. All right. All right. Start to build some suspense. But back in the early early 2000s, early aughts, I guess. If we're back, we're calling everything aughts these days, I guess. In the early 2000s. Um, that was just like, whatever, checking out all sorts of shows on people's recommends that I worked with. And one person recommended this anime cowboy bebop, which is about this Mm. group of bounty hunters, just jumping across the galaxy, collecting bounties and having all sorts of little misadventures. And, um, there's all sorts of little humor, whatever. There's all sorts of little jokes. There's character moments, funny character interactions. Um, and the anime itself is really short. I think it's only like 26 episodes. They only had the one season and it never really caught on. And later on, there was a movie due to the popularity of the show. And then just recently, Netflix um, developed and released a live action version of Cowboy Bebop. And um, I really enjoy it. Um, looking at some reviews, it looks like there's a lot of people who just poo-poo it because it's an adaptation and not like the thing. Uh, but I, I'm really enjoying it myself. I think it does a great job adapting it for the live screen. Um, it's featuring John Cho as the main character of the, I'm not going to say titular Cowboy Bebop, that's his name. Um, <laughs> as the main character, Spike, uh, it also has Mustafa Shakir as, um, gosh, I can't remember all the names. Sorry about that. I'm blanking, <laughs> totally blanking. Uh, but it has all the big characters from the anime and it really feels like you're watching a live action anime with the camera movements, with the jokes are still there. Um, the ever present jazz and other kinds of music backgrounds are going on. Um, mm. Background music is going on all through the episodes and each episode, I think something I really appreciate about the show is each episode ends its arc with more or less kind of a downer ending more than just like this upbeat peppy everything's going to be cool and we're all best friends by the end it's it's almost always like some kind of character moment is happening at the expense huh. of uh, some memory or some other side character or some hope or dream in the main characters i think it's really well done i'm only i think five of the ten episodes in but it's just a great put it on enjoy the visual spectacle 
uh, and also enjoy the, I don't know, more melancholy bits. I, th- I think, think it's a really well done adaptation of the anime. Nice. Yeah, I remember the original like anime uh, being on TV, and uh, I know that it had kind of a pretty strong cult following. Yes. Um, but uh, I never really watched it myself, so that's pretty cool. They've done a, a good adaptation of it. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's on like, Netflix. I'm, it's on Netflix. It just came out. I want to say last week. Okay, Mustafa, Mustafa Shakir plays Jet Black. That's right. Uh-huh. And then there's the third character, Faye Valentine. I cannot remember her name because she doesn't really she doesn't really come into play very strongly until like the fifth episode. Then they're like, oh, okay, oh, it's Daniela Pineda. Pineda. Nice. As the third character. John. Jeff. It's, ta- it's time. Okay. It's time. Uh, I've, I cannot wait any longer. I must know what our next movie is going to be. This is the time of the show. I chose UHF with Elizabeth here. And so now it is time for John to choose the next movie that we are going to watch, review the scene we're going to break down. John, what's it going to be? Uh, well, this is a scene from more of a blockbuster movie. I mean, mm. I tend to choose the blockbusters kinds of movies, and Jeff chooses usually the the UHFs, known, the UHFs, the cold the, films, the rumbles still. in the Bronxes, the rumbles in the Bronxes, and the UHFs, the Friday the Thirteenth Part Twos. Right. Although, you know, truth be told, most horror fans I think really like that as the best Friday. It is the best Friday. So okay, okay there you go. Yeah. That and uh, John, yeah, anyway. don't worry. I love the blockbusters. Bring on a good blockbuster. Okay, so it's funny because Elizabeth made an allusion to this oh. movie before, and I made a little sound. I didn't give it away, nope. but she said something like UHF is like, it's it's nice that UHF was never sequelized or serialized mm. because it really puts it as like this this item in, a, oh. in, a, in an amber. I, I know like, where you're oh, going. Yes. Oh, that's, that's my movie. You're talking Let's about... Yeah, so I'm talking Jurassic Park and I'm mm-hmm. talking about the intro to the T-Rex. To Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Fences are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Down! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. I, I just watched this movie a couple months ago just because I had, had a hankering to watch it. You know, it's like, for me, it's so hard to find that time to watch a movie and like sit yeah. down, just watch something uh, without like, you know, a specific purpose, like for the podcast. But this was just for like my own, 
my own fun, my own fun movie viewing. And this is a movie I've always enjoyed, Jurassic Park, 1993. Of course. Uh, definitely the kind of movie that would eat up a UHF or pretty much any other movie <laughs> or that freaked. year. <laughs> exactly. Or Freaked. 1993's Freak. Oh, Freak would have made it if it weren't for Jurassic Park. I'm God certain of it. Damn it, Jurassic Park. Just God edged damn, out Freaked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. Um, but yeah, I'm talking the intro to the T-Rex. Okay. Uh, this uh, happens, the timestamp, if you're curious, at least on Amazon, the timestamp is an hour and one minute and 11 seconds to an hour and 10 minutes and 30 seconds. I also like to pick the longer scenes, but this yeah. is definitely one worthy of a long scene. There are a couple of cutaways as they're trying to Right, rejigger the power. Is this Nedry when the T Rex att- attacks the the Jeep? Is that what we're yes, talking about? The T Rex, the T Rex, the T Rex attacks the Jeeps. Great um, scene, good call. Yeah, the yeah. great marriage of uh, CG, early CG, yes, and the practical yes. effects. There's just, I mean, on the one hand, that's it's a great scene. On the other, it's like there's a ton of research uh, to do for it because there's so many documentaries made about this movie, so much yeah. written or made. Uh, so I'll really have to whittle down a couple of good resources for this, but it's one I lo- really look forward to watching again, even though I watched it just a couple months ago. Um, an easy movie again, like a, like a UHF, like a predator, an easy movie to, to put on and really enjoy the ride. I don't, I don't know what your all's history is. Probably the same as mine. Seeing in the theater is part of the big, 1993 i don't know eight or yeah. nine month run it was in the theaters for mm-hmm. no I, I love this choice because um, you're you're good at, at choosing these movies that we both have a, a history with and uh Thank there's you. a there's a good conversation we can have about it because who doesn't remember uh, anyone our age remember seeing jurassic park in the theater mm-hmm. Right when you were like fourteen years old or whatever it was, I right? took yeah. the bus to the yes. Linwood Cinema. Yes, with Jason Wakefield. And <laughs> I fucking Jason. Tried Wakefield. to put the moves on me in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last day of school too, so it must have come uh, out in June. I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wakefield. Fond memories. <laughs> um, great choice, John. I'm excited Thanks. to rewatch that movie and talk about that scene because that is an all timer. You. You, you are, I, I tend to choose the little more niche scenes. Uh, you're good at choosing the all timers. And I think that's a good balance, a, a necessary balance. So, Hey, thanks. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Well, we're wrapping things up here. You want to take us out? Uh, sure. So for gosh, seen it all. You can find us on the Twitter scene at seen it all underscore. So that's at S C E N E at all underscore. You can email the show, which nobody does, seenitallpodcast at gmail.com. And you can join the Facebook group, uh, which a few people have. Uh, <laughs> it's just the name of the show, Seen It All with Jeff and John. What about you, Jeff? Where can people find you? Well, you can find me on the Twitter. I am Carl underscore Hungus314. Follow me there. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, you guys. This was a blast. It was really fun. Yeah. We, I uh, never get to geek out. We we need this. to geek out like this more often. For sure. Yeah. Is there uh, anywhere we can follow you online or are you uh, in the dark? I, I am at Concrete Chic. 
on uh, the Instagram. There you go. Follow at on at Concrete Chic for all your Elizabeth Ruffalo. Wait, is, okay. So I need to know: is that chic like style, or is that chic like the Iron Chic? Oh, good question. Chic like style. It's a high okay. low thing. It's, <laughs> it refers to Concrete Washington, <laughs> which is objectively not chic. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't Harrison Ford living in concrete for a little bit? Oh my gosh! Do tell. I do. I, I have that right. I don't know. Uh, well, they that- filmed a movie there. Called this okay. boy's this life. This boy's life was filmed there, but that was with Robert De Niro and Leo DiCaprio. Oh, I just I can't believe I missed Leo being yeah, in concrete. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. All right. Cool concrete sheet thing. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining us and yeah, going back to the late '80s, the Weird Al heyday with us. That was really enjoyable. Thank you. It was. So it fun. was. Good job, everybody. Good job, everybody. Good job by us. <laughs> Good job by us. Good job by you. <laughs> uh, so for all things Seen It All with Jeff and John, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. Am I supposed to say something here? Yeah, why don't oh, you yeah. say who you okay, are? You can say oh, your name. I'm, I'm Elizabeth Bremfield. <laughs> from Concrete. Uh, from Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're all from somewhere, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Bothell. <laughs> Which somehow sounds sadder. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of did. <laughs> uh, and Thanks. until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Wait, you do the. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> stick around. Stick around. You always go stick around. Stick around. I know. Sorry. Should we do it again? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> I'm almost done with my second gelada. <laughs> Stick around. Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) And until next time. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. (laughs) There we go. We got it. You want to see I really do like your intro music. Hey, thanks. Oh, John, I find, I find John wrote and performed that. Yeah. I, I was wondering. I, it gets, it's an earworm, John, so thanks. Hey, thanks. <laughs> you want to see, yeah, you want to see, like when the xenomorph took out Harry Dean. You want to see, yeah, you want to see, like when Bobby D says you're talking to me. You can go to the diner for a meal with Meg. You can yell at your class, stab yourself in the leg. You can upgrade your Boat for when sharks attack and you can be like Arnold, tell him I'll be back. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see like when the xenomorph took out Harry Dean. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see like when Bobby D says you're talking to me. Jeff and John talk scenes and quotes. Jeff improvises while John takes notes. From Mozambique to Montreal, you can join in the chat on Scene It All. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see, like when the xenomorph took out Harry Dean. You wanna see, yeah, you wanna see, like when Bobby D says you're talking to me. Scene It All with Jeff and John.